Welcome to Discover Abercorn, the podcast where we talk to staff, to parents and to pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we're speaking to Rebecca Stewart. She's a deputy head of the lower school and we have Michelle Malloy. She's the lower school curriculum coordinator. So as well as asking them exactly what that means they do in school, we also get to find out what it's like when parents drop their children off at school, what it's like after the parents have left, how every day seems to be completely different to every other day, and we even find out something about Rebecca and Michelle themselves, how each of them got into education. That's all coming up right now, so come with me as we speak to Rebecca Stewart and Michelle Malloy. Rebecca, Michelle, thank you for being on this episode of the podcast. How are you both doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, really good, really good. It's Thursday and we've had a great day so far. <laughs> Excellent. Now, we're recording this on the afternoon on a Thursday. How does a typical Thursday look for you at Abercorn? Thursdays at lower school are really, really busy. We have lots and lots of specialist teachers in on a Thursday. So as children um, are going to gymnastics, they're going swimming. We have our music teacher in on a Thursday. I mean, we have so many things going on, right? We have French going on on a Thursday. So the children are, have a lot of specialist lessons on a Thursday. So Thursdays are always really busy. Lots going on, um, lots of fun, <laughs> but quite difficult to organise, but worth it in the end. Yeah, so on a Thursday, you can always hear like singing from every kind of every kind of year group. As you, as you walk around the school, the beautiful singing voices you can always hear. Michelle, when you hear those singing voices, do you find that the songs of the children ends up staying on your mind for several hours afterwards? Oh, for, for days, days afterwards. You can wake up with those songs in your head on a Saturday or a Sunday morning. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Rebecca, just tell me what each of the roles are of you and Michelle, if you don't mind speaking on Michelle's behalf here. Tell me what each of you does at Habercorn. Okay, so I'm um, deputy head of the lower school. So I run the lower school on a day-to-day basis. I'm the person that kind of oversees everything and all the children in lower school. So from two-year-olds right through to seven and a half-year-olds. And Michelle, um, I mean, is just incredibly busy. She is our nursery teacher. She's also our lower school curriculum coordinator. So she oversees the curriculum, the teaching, the learning, the planning, the assessment for all the staff and children from two through to seven and a half and whilst also teaching the nursery full time. So she's a very busy person and um, is there to step up if, if I'm not around. It's Michelle that, that's always there and kind of dealing with everything as well. So you say that she's a very busy person. I'm sure that you are too. It feels to me like it's the nature of all staff who work in a school like Abercorn that everybody is busy, all for good reasons, but everybody is busy all the time. Absolutely. I think, you know, the children arrive here, they can arrive um, from eight o'clock in the morning um, and teachers and teaching assistants are all ready and willing, um, re- ready to, um, waiting to greet them, take them straight to their classrooms, having lots of fun with them from as early as eight in the morning, right through till they leave. Um, some of the children staying here till 4.30. The nature of having young children around you, you are really, really busy. I mean, it's a brilliant job. We have lots and lots of fun and we have really positive experiences every day. It's a really happy environment to be, but it is a very busy environment when you've got a lot of very small children between two and seven around all day long. It's very, very busy. And I think, you know, Michelle has the very youngest children. So I know that she she has an incredibly busy day too. Tell me a bit about how school looks first thing in the morning. You mentioned about children arriving at 8.30 in the morning. Of course, some of the people listening to this may well be the people who drop off their children. But for anyone listening to this, maybe who's never been to the school before, or they're thinking about sending their children to Abercorn, how does it actually look first thing in the morning? 
I think first thing in the morning is one of my favourite times of the day. I'm not generally a morning person, but I think at school it's a really it's a really special time of the day. So as I said, children can come in from eight o'clock. Um, school starts at eight forty-five, but the children can come in from eight. They go directly to um, their classrooms with their teachers. So there's no kind of there's only one transition for the child. So from home straight to teacher, which I think is a really nice way. It's a kind of soft start for every child. So it means not everybody's rushing in and everybody's trying to see the teacher at the same time. It's very much about um, every child having that little bit of extra time with their teacher, every parent getting the opportunity to speak to the teacher um, and the children kind of coming in very, very gently. Um, we're all outside every morning. All the teachers, teaching assistants are outside waiting to greet the children. And it is a really nice time because they come running in each day and they've just always got something to tell you, whether it's, I've got a new water bottle or guess what, guess what? There's always something that they have to tell you. And I think that for me is a really lovely point in the day that the children are so excited to come to school. It sets our day up really well because we we love to see them happy. Um, so when they run in in that sort of manner of being like, ah, I'm so excited to be at school, that I think that's really lovely. And I think it's something that's really important for young children You're used to being at home. That that's their, very much their environment. And so school should be their environment too. They should feel that this is their place. They should feel secure running up to all their teachers, all the adults that they know. You know, we want them, we want to see them running in with that sort of excitement and that sort of real happiness to come to school. And I think that's really special. I'm sure you'd agree, Michelle. It's a really special time for us as teachers to be outside and to witness that and see them coming in and having that sort of opportunity to talk to them about that sort of transition, which can be a challenging one for young children. Um, you know, that initial settling in in the first thing in the morning, but actually it's a really lovely point of the day. So it all sounds to me like a very exciting time. And I love the energy in your voice when you're talking. And actually all the time when you were talking there, I couldn't help but smile on the outside and on the inside. Uh, I've got a question for Michelle, though, because to me, it sounds like all the children come in being very happy. But when you have the youngest children coming in, and maybe when children have only recently started at the school, how do the parents respond to the idea of dropping off their, their little darlings and leaving them in your care and then having to walk away? Yeah, sometimes it can be more difficult for the parents and for the child. But there's always adults on, on hand to kind of help those kind of help those transition periods. I mean, we're really lucky that we, we take every child settling in as a, as a separate, you know, every child's unique and every child will settle in differently. Some children will wave goodbye to their parents on the first day and skip in with us and, and you know, come down the stairs and be ready for the day ahead. Some children might take, you know, a couple of days to settle in. Some children might need their parents to come down with them for a little bit longer every day. And, and each child is unique and each child will work out a different plan to settle in each child. But what's really nice is we have children start at various points throughout the year and the child, the existing children, it's their classroom. So they're always really excited to get a new friend in. So they'll welcome their new friend in as well. And, and you know, the younger stage, particularly children learn as much from each other as they learn from us as well. So they, you know, the children that might only be a couple of months older than them, you know, they're going to be responsible. They're going to help them show them where their bag goes. And it's, and it's that consistent routine for the children as well that makes them feel really, really comfortable. I mean, like we had a child come off a plane this morning at 7.30, then a plane land at 7.30 and he was in school he wanted to come to school and he was in school at 9.30 this morning so like that's it, it's there it's an extension of their home it's basically like you know we try and make it we are a little we say we're like an Abercorn family we you know this is this is an extension of their place you know the, the topics and the things that we learn about are what they want to learn about it's in the best will in the world like you know I, I can plan an amazing transport topic but if the children want to learn about dinosaurs I'm spending my holidays revising dinosaurs or names and things like that just so you know we can we can inspire them as well <laughs> 
So it does sound like a very, very happy sort of place. And I imagine that those children that come in during those first couple of days, if they're not very happy, then usually after the parents left, then I imagine that just within a few minutes, any tears may have gone completely and they're totally happy and settling into everyday life. Michelle, tell me a bit about how you got into education in the first place. I came into education a little bit later than most people. So I, I started becoming a teacher when I was 30. Previous to that, I'd worked in banking and hospitality. Um, but my mum's a teacher, so I always knew that I was going to follow that route. Um, but I um, I wanted to live abroad for a little while, so I lived in Australia. Um, I went there by land, which was always quite fun. Um, <laughs> trains through Russia and down through Mongolia and stuff. So it's nice to kind of experience other cultures and things like that as well, which I think you can bring to teaching so much. You know, if you understand the way the world works, it's, it's you know it can only make you a better teacher. And I've taught, um, I've taught in out in the Middle East as well for a few years too. But it's just like teaching is the easiest way to change the world. It is. It's it's one and no two days are ever unique. Like I, I worked in banking for three three and a bit years, and it was I had a good time. You know, I, I worked with really lovely people, but. There's nothing like, you know, a child finding a snail in the garden and then, you know, the rest of the day is all about like investigating snails and leaves and what they like to eat and, you know, looking at artwork, looking at, you know, famous artworks about snails and spirals and things like that. And just like being able to just go with children's interests and just, you know, we spend so long trying to teach children, but actually they have it all together. Like, they, you know, they are, they get on with everyone. They're, they're enthusiastic. They live in the moment. And like, you know, we should learn from them as well. And I think I think when you're when you're teaching and you're in the classroom with them, like you're really present and you're really there. And it's just they're just days just go by so quickly. You can't imagine how much you're actually having fun and you're actually this is actually my job. You know, you know, my job is the other day I got stuck in a tunnel when I was crawling, crawling through after a child. And you're just like, that's my job. Like this is actually my actually grown up job. <laughs> Fantastic. You, you absolutely sound like you're in the right job, Michelle. And uh, I'd love to find out more at some point about your travels to uh, Australia and your time in the Middle East as well. But in the meantime, Rebecca, tell me about how you got into education. Have, have you got education in your family as well already? Yeah. So um, I have quite a lot of um, teachers in my family, so aunts, uncles and so on. And um, I think I knew from quite a young age that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a teacher. And so I went into teaching pretty much um, straight from school um, into university and then straight into teaching, um, working first in a state school in London. And, and then I moved into international teaching and worked in Mexico City and then to Abercorn. So yeah, three three schools, three very different schools. Um, but yeah, always generally, I mean, I'm, I've worked with mainly the younger children, um, early years, foundation stage, key stage one, early key stage two. Um, I really love being with the younger children. I think, you know, as Michelle said, no two days are ever the same. It's really, really fun. Um, you know, the children are amazing. They really inspire us. And I think, like as Michelle said, we we take a lot from them. I think they they bring so much into into school every single day. And we we work with that because I think that's really important. It's not a you know, we may have things we we need to teach them, but we need to do it in a way that really inspires them. So by going through their interests, things that motivate them, things that they're really engaged in at that time, we tailor our teaching to make sure that yes, we teach them what we want, what we need them to know, and their next steps in learning are obviously absolutely vital but we do it in a way that um that the children are really interested in so i think you know i always say to parents it's if if your two-year-old doesn't doesn't want to do something they're not going to do it and the same with a four-year-old if they don't want to do it they won't do it or you know they might do it just to please the teacher and i think that's that's really quite sad you want children to want to learn you want them to see these learning activities and go wow i'm i'm that's what I'm doing and lead that learning. And we've, we've set up some projects and stuff that we think, oh, this could last a sort of a week, two weeks.
politics and the children have just taken it so much further than even we imagined. And we're, we're sort of changing planning every day to, to extend their learning, but through things that they're really motivated by. So I think, you know, it's, it's a lovely, lovely sort of world that we, we work in, really. And we both feel very fortunate, I think, um, to be in such a nice working environment where you do have an exciting day every day. And no matter what your day's like, there's always something that makes you smile. Always. I, I love the way that as you're, as you're both talking, you, you're, you're both smiling, you, you both clearly love, love your jobs. But interesting as well how you both have worked overseas before coming to Abercorn. Do you feel, Rebecca, that like that's maybe helped you in your role at Abercorn when you're working with children, knowing that you've got a background of working in an international school? Absolutely. I think, you know, the sort of greater and broader your experience, the better really for any school. And having worked in the state sector and then internationally and then in Abercorn, every school has different different issues, different positives. And, and I think the more you can draw on, it's it's, you know, it's a really good thing. And I think, you know, coming into Abercorn, what struck me, to be honest, when I walked into Abercorn for the first time was the children and how happy they were. And, you know, I think that's a really lovely thing. And I think, you know, um, it, as, as parents do when they come and see a school, you get a feeling and it's exactly the same for teachers. When you go into a school, you you get a feeling like, is this somewhere I can see myself? Is this somewhere that sort of matches my sort of ethos and the ways, ways that I want to work? And and Abercorn was, was a really a very sort of quick yes for me. I was very like, yes, this is a really lovely environment. And seeing the children and the way that the staff interact with them and, and so on and, and the sort of the way that children were very much at the centre of everything was a was a real positive for me. And certainly working internationally, I know Michelle's worked internationally too. It's it's a great experience and you, and it changes you forever. And you, you know, you learn so, so much from living in another country with another culture and another language. It, it's it's phenomenal. And it's, I think, you know, a lot of our children come from that sort of experience too when they come to us. And I think that understanding of of another country and it's and different cultures and the way that different people work in the world is 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 a really important thing to have and we're very lucky I think to have had that opportunity to do that. It's interesting that you talk about the feel of the school. Do you always encourage prospective parents, parents that are looking for a school for their children to actually come into the school instead of just looking on the website or just talking to other parents with children at the school? Absolutely. We we tour so often. Um, I mean, I was touring this morning. I think it's so, so, so important. And I think, you know, choosing a school is a really personal thing. It's a really personal choice in the same way as for going to work there. It's a huge decision for any parent. You know, you this is your most precious thing in the world and you're, you're making such a huge decision. And I would say, I mean, I would recommend to anybody always go and see a school because you can read lots and lots of wonderful things but it's a feeling you get and I think you know my feeling instantly on walking into Abercorn is how, is how happy children are and how positive staff are with the children and there's a really warm feeling and I think you know going into any school you you do get a feeling and and it is a very personal choice and I would absolutely recommend going to see any school. Michelle, tell me a bit more about this when parents do come in and they get shown around the school and, and maybe when you encounter them. Because what I'm thinking is that it's a very uncontrolled environment, isn't it? You know, you can take parents around and you don't quite know how the children are going to be at that particular time when the parents are being shown around. And the very fact that that every day is different, you know, you, you, you might run the, well, if I say the risk, risk is probably too strong a word for it, but you might run the risk that a parent walks into a classroom just as a, a I, I don't know, as a child has bumped their head on a table and they're crying and you might worry that you're actually giving the wrong impression. It, it's it's very uncontrolled, isn't it? It is completely uncontrolled, but I think that's 
um, the energy that's in a classroom when you walk into it. You can see that if, you know, accidents do happen, you know, children bump into things and th- th- those things do happen. But we have very, you know, strong procedures in place if that happens. Everyone knows what to do. You know, there's we have a very, very, very high staff uh, to child ratio in Abercorn. So there's always, you know, someone to go and get an ice pack, look after that child. And the other children, you'll have to, because we push like the feeling of like the community feel. So, you know, if a child is injured, there's going to be three or four other children around them trying to like stroke them or pet them or, you know, go and get a wet paper tissue and like see if that will help them as well before we, you know, we obviously we've, we've got medical trained staff in every classroom and, you know, being able to put ice packs on them and things like that. So, um, but the children always help each other out and stuff. But I think the parents, when they do come and they do tour, they see that energy, they know their children, they know what their children are like and, you know, they'll see the other learning going on in the classrooms as well. And we will obviously deal with any incidents that come up, but this, this is real life this is day-to-day life and I think they really appreciate that we're not put on a show for them this is not a show this is this is how life is and this is how you know the children are and they they see how happy they are and how it's particularly like you know if there is an accident or things like that, the other children will be there because they they look out for each other that we you know we're a team we our classrooms run as teams and we look out we you know we help each other out. Michelle tell me about the lunches at school I, I know that sometimes parents are thinking to themselves you know what will my child eat when they go to school and and, and I'm not the one providing lunch for them. So I've worked in quite a few schools and supplied in schools as well. So I've been around and seen a lot of lunches in a lot of places. Okay, but this is pretty much the only school I've been in where all the staff eat the lunches as well. The food is amazing. The the kitchen we have a kitchen like about about six feet from us here where we're sitting at the moment. Um, They have you know phenomenal chefs in there. There's a complete range of food. They cater for everybody's dietary requirements. Um, You know, there's always options. So if the child doesn't want to eat, there's always other options as well. And the the question we usually get from parents is, oh, you know, my child's really fussy. They, you know, they eat for us at home and things like that. But we always eat together. Like there's, you know, the, the staff eat with the children as well. And we, you know, we model table manners and we model trying food and things like that. And they, and they see when, when one child's trying something, they'll try something as well. And you'll often find they'll go home and, you know, tell them my parents that they want, they want the food like it is in school. And you're like, okay. And we, we, you know, we send home menus in advance so parents can talk through what, what the food is going to be that week and things like that. But I think sitting and modeling what, you know, eating, how, you know, eating, trying the foods, how to use our knives and forks and things like that as well. You know, they say if you can't see it, you can't be it. So like we always adult modeling is, you know, how how we, you know, how we pretty much teach everything in Abercorn. And lunchtime's are a really nice, calm environment as well. We often we like encourage the children to have that kind of that chit chat kind of conversation over lunch as well. You know, like ask your friend what their favorite vegetable is, you know, ask your friend what their favorite food to eat at home is because this is this is how real life is. Like and you know, you're not gonna sit in silence when you go to a restaurant. Like you're not gonna sit in silence at home. And and these are lovely moments to kind of build up our language and build up that kind of conversational chit chat as well. It's amazing to hear you talking about this. I, I, I never thought anybody in a school would be describing the lunchtime as being a calm environment. That, that sounds like a beautiful place. And if the food is that good, then maybe I should pop in myself at some point uh, during lunchtime. Now, Rebecca, you mentioned at the start of this about specialist teachers. Tell me what a specialist teacher is and why that's important for Abercorn. I think we're really fortunate at Abercorn um, and it's the first school I've worked in where the, the specialist teaching starts from so young. So we have our wonderful, amazing class teachers like like Michelle, who's sitting next to me, um, and a, an amazing staff team who teach their classes um, every day for 
pretty much all day. However, we also have specialist teachers. So we have in the nursery, for example, when the children are two and three, they will have a specialist teacher for PE. They'll have one for yoga, one for music and one for French. So straight away, you know, with the best will in the world, Miss Malloy is not going to be the best French teacher. (laughs) Um, We have our French teacher comes in and does French. She does sing songs, little stories with them. Um, They have our our head of sports actually teaches nursery PE, which they absolutely love. And it just gives them that opportunity to have that real sort of specialist um, teacher, someone who's qualified in their subject, to have that from a really early age. Um, obviously, the class teacher's teaching the majority of the curriculum, but there's some things that those people can do at a much higher level. When they move into our pre-reception class, so our, when they're three and four, they, they continue with those specialist teachers, but they also start having specialist gymnastics and also specialist teaching for swimming. So they start swimming very early um, at Abercorn, which we think is a really important thing for life life skill. And um, also just the the children absolutely love it. Whenever I say to a pre-reception child, what's your favourite day of the week? They say Tuesday. And I say, why? And they say swimming. And it's like, it's a really big thing for them. Um, And then they continue with those kind of specialist teachers going into year one. They start having computing as a specialist lesson. In year two, they have specialist drama and they have specialist games lessons. And I just think it's a a really nice opportunity for the children to, to really develop those curriculum areas with with people who are experts in their subject because as they move through Abercorn into the senior school and when, when things become become much more subject specific they're already sort of used to that with some of those subjects and you know I mean certainly you know we're all trained primary school teachers so we can teach music and we can teach PE but I'm never going to be a very good music teacher <laughs> you know in all honesty I'm you know I need a piano and the music teacher next to me just to sing happy birthday to the children in assembly on a Friday and it's not it's not a pleasant th- thing to hear so I think think, you know, yes, we, I'm trained to teach you, but it, it, I'm never going to be a music teacher. And we're not French teachers. We're never going to be amazing at French. I mean, obviously, Michelle is great, but, you know, we're not we're not French. We're not we're not sort of native speaking French um, teachers. So I think it just gives the children that opportunity to to have those specialist teachers. And they're all um, they're all very, very focused on the younger children. And they really try and adapt their lessons to make them meaningful for the children. So they try and link them to what's going on in the classroom. So, you know, if they're having a topic in in their classroom I don't know for example the reception children have just recently been learning about space so our music teacher has been teaching lots and lots of space themed songs about planets and different things like that our French teacher tries to link um, for example when there was a topic of London going on she was teaching Paris and they were looking at Parisian landmarks in French and looking at kind of London landmarks in their normal class time so trying to kind of ensure that Yes, they're having specialist teachers and that's wonderful, but we want to make sure that it actually is meaningful for the children as well. So it links with what their class learning is too. So it's not sort of taught in isolation. We try and sort of link it all together so the children have a very meaningful learning experience. It all sounds amazing. And to hear that children at a school in London have access to a pool not far from the school itself sounds so good. Rebecca, Michelle, I'm keeping an eye on time here and we should probably bring this podcast episode to a close in a minute. But for anyone who's been listening to this and wants to find out more about the school, how should they go about doing that? I mean, have a look at our website, definitely. And um, contact us on um, any of the office um, contact details or through our admissions officer. um, And then they can be put through. Michelle and I are really happy to to meet with meet with people or answer any questions that can't be answered initially. Um, And I mean, like I said, we go through we go have a lot of different parents coming in and having a visit. We have open mornings, um, discover mornings, we call them. We have discover mornings, both virtual and in person, which are available to book in 
into on our website as well. So come and see Lower School in action on a on a normal day. And yeah, as you'll never see it, you'll never see the same thing twice. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, we'll we'll put a link to the website in the show notes. But in the meantime, uh, first of all, Rebecca, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And Michelle, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> So that was Rebecca Stewart and Michelle Malloy talking all about life in school and all the good things that come with it. They really do sound passionate about the work they do, don't they? And I guess that's exactly how you'd like them to be as well. Thank you both of you for giving up your time for this, especially on a busy Thursday. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.